Auto and fire technology technicians need to understand the automation space of the process and the science behind the process. It takes us nine to 12 months to fully train a bioprocess technician in their role so they fully grasp the understanding of the process. From the Center for Occupational Research and Development, welcome to Preparing Technicians for the Future of Work. I'm your host, Mike Lasecki. In each podcast, we'll reach out to people who are actually on the front line of the future of work and hear what they have to say. That means interviews with industry, interviews with working technicians, and forward thinkers in the field. We'll do some background research and we'll curate that research to make sure you have the most up-to-date and relevant information. And in every episode, we'll suggest action that you can take. We want to inspire you to take that action. This podcast is brought to you by the Center for Occupational Research and Development, known as CORD, with financial support by a grant from the National Science Foundation's Advanced Technological Education Program. Opinions expressed in the podcast do not necessarily represent those of the National Science Foundation. You can find out more about our project and our approach at preparingtechnicians, all one word, dot O-R-G. Our guest today is John Tucker, who is the site leader at the Pfizer Global Supply Manufacturing Site in Stanford, North Carolina. That's a large multi-product pharmaceutical facility with more than 1,200 people working in vaccine and gene therapy manufacturing. John, it's a pleasure to have you today. Welcome to the podcast. Give us, your audience, a little bit about your background. You're originally from the UK. How did you get over to Pfizer in the United States and all of that? Give us a little background, John. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, so, as Mike said, I'm the uh, Pfizer Global Supply Site Leader here in Sanford, North Carolina. The site manufactures drug substance and drug substance intermediates for both vaccine, commercial, and clinical portfolio. We're also the site for manufacturing cell and gene therapy products for Pfizer Global Supply. Prior to Sanford, I was the site leader in Andover, Massachusetts for eight years, where we manufactured drug substance, both mammalian and microbial, and also was the site that manufactured drug substance for the COVID vaccine. And prior to that, uh, prior to 2013, I was the site leader in a site in the south coast of England, which was manufacturing or packaging, shall we say, end item cold chain and distribution for vaccine and mammalian products. Good. Good. Thank you, John. For our audience, everyone's aware of a vaccine manufacturer today, clearly, but what do technicians really do in this area? What does a technician do in an advanced biomanufacturing facility? What do they worry about supply chains? What, what typically do they do? Yeah, great question. Uh, technicians are at the core of the operation, really from start to finish of a batch. They're responsible for understanding the automation systems, setting up the componentry, starting the bioreactors, but also documenting the process contemporaneously. The focus is really on safety, compliance, of course, and product understanding. And without doubt, the expectation is to be involved in continuous improvement. The technicians are really involved in new technologies, new processes. New technologies create a great learning opportunity, I think, for, for colleagues that enjoy a changing and evolving working environment. As you look at those technicians working, let's suppose people that come into your facility as new employees or, or existing employees, what gaps do you see out there in the workforce? 
I'm particularly interested in those technical skills that you would like to see strengthened. What do you see out there as a gap? Yeah, good. Thank you. In the world of biotechnology, technicians need to understand the automation space of the process and the science behind the process. It takes us nine to 12 months to fully train a bioprocess technician in their role. So they fully grasp the understanding of the process. You know, obviously, technicians we hire come with limited knowledge of systems. Manufacturing systems such as Delta V or automation systems are a really crucial part of that process. So in order to close some of the gaps, a stronger focus on equipment uses and the automation behind it is essential. It's important for the technicians to understand how the systems work and the engineering behind it. Less about what buttons to push. We can help that understanding, of course. Someone with strong attention to detail is really kind of important in that space as we, we look at hiring technicians. And also science and maths is really our backbone of all that we do. So any gaps in that space is something that we have to work through. Now, you mentioned safety and compliance as a facility for those things are paramount. Do you do an internal training for these things or do you hope that they come to you with a knowledge of that? How does it work? Yeah, good question. Thank you. Yeah, we have a very strong internal program for training both in safety processes, but also really important to me, safety culture. And on top of that, of course, internal compliance and quality programs are really key in a facility such as this. So yes, internal driven, that's for sure. Sure. Now, Don, if you think about the community and technical colleges around the country who are helping to prepare the workforce From your point of view, how could these educators do a better job of preparing? You've mentioned things like systems and just now quality. Are they doing enough? Could they be doing more? What do you see where we could improve on that preparation? Yeah, firstly, I think uh, recently moved out to North Carolina. I've been really impressed with the Central Carolina Community College system. It's been very impressive. The educators continue to focus on biotech programs, teach students what are bioreactors and chromatography skids, you know, what is a drug substance versus a drug product, and provide students with more general understanding of the process such as inoculation, cell culture, growing cells, and the sciences behind them. Really invaluable, I think, in terms of gaining entry into our business, providing hands-on training on equipment. Graduates have the ability to use bioreactors or skids of some description or columns and filtration are pivotal. Sure. On top of that, I think, kind of alluded to in a previous question, some of the fundamentals for CGMPs and, and data integrity are topics that we obviously ingrain in our technicians, but also if that could be taught at a, an early stage for the community college network, that would be powerful. We have colleagues from Pfizer that routinely collaborate with community colleges and universities that help refine and build robust curricula for biotech programs. And, uh, and especially important here in North Carolina, with which is such a growing industry, which is awesome. John, I think that's such an important point, right? That interaction with industry colleagues and the educators working together to build programs. I think that's really an important point. I'm pleased to hear that you and your colleagues are active there. In our project, John Tuttle, Preparing Technicians for the Future of Work, we think about cross-disciplinary skills. And we wonder, does a biotechnician, a biomanufacturing technician need to know about data science and cybersecurity? And in addition to their, let's call them their manufacturing-related skills, do they need to know this or does somebody else handle that? You see what I'm getting at? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so a site such as this, 
you know, most systems we have are on a digital platform. And certainly if we don't have it now, it's moving towards that direction. So the expectation that a technician has the ability to uh, run the process at some point without paper, of course. Obviously, a data captures is mostly done through data historian type technology and techniques. So that digital platform is providing real-time trend analysis for critter access to data. It's important that the technician has that understanding of automated systems and the function behind it. So anything that can be done through the education system, certainly through the community colleges, so that we can then build on that, I think is really powerful. There's no doubt about it, of course, that most of our systems here in Pfizer are bespoke, but anything that from a broad understanding would be very beneficial, I think. Sure. Well, you mentioned the rapid pace of change in these new technologies coming on. How does your existing workforce keep up? Do you have internal training? Do you bring in vendors to do training? Do you send people outside? Do you work with colleges? Do you do all of those things? How does an existing tech upskill at Pfizer? Yeah, and I think it's all of the above, really. So we continuously invest in our training programs, specifically at Sanford here. We're building a training facility center. You know, we're continually updating our training programs that are up to date with our existing and growing processes. We often send our technicians and our validation teams to seminars around emerging technologies and uh, assess what we could implement to support or enhance our manufacturing processes. Colleagues are involved with external training from professional organizations such as the ISPE and continuing education by our universities. And in addition, there are industry as a whole as communities of practice that we share best practices with the industry. It's very specific, I think, to biotech. It's very collaborative in that space. And obviously, vendors offer training when new technologies present themselves, you know, lunch and learn or in-house demonstrations. So coming back to your question, I think it's all of the above for us to be successful. It can't be just one thought process. It has to be multi-thought processes. I had a brief follow-up question on this. As I've talked with colleagues around the country and industry members, factory metrics or the way that things are monitored and what are key performance indicators and so on, that's a topic that's not often addressed in our community college programs. And yet that must be important at Pfizer, right? You have a series of factory metrics that people look up and they see what's posted on the monitors each day. How are we doing sort of thing? Or how does it work at Pfizer? Yeah, we have a strong culture of a production system in play, which is very much a tiered approach with metrics from the technician through to the site leader on a daily basis. And as you'd expect, it covers the whole gambit from safety and compliance and quality through to supply and obviously financial metrics as well. So on a daily basis and a weekly and then a monthly cadence, we review site performance as a whole. Okay, good. You know, as we think about wrapping up today, get out your crystal ball, John, and what do you see that's coming from your position in this biotechnology manufacturing, vaccine manufacturing, all of this area? What do you see coming? And do you have advice for how our educators can help prepare their students for that coming future? Yeah, I guess over the last two to three years, we've seen significant large investments made in technology, examples in cell and gene therapy, and you know, obviously through the mRNA as part of the COVID vaccine, you know, sure. it's only in manufacturing terms. So both new modalities requiring different types of technology. So I think we're just going to continue to see that change at that macro level, but also that micro improvement level new pieces of equipment helping to us understand you know, better anal analytics of, uh, of the process, for example. 
So I think for me, it's that big takeaway would be that constant collaboration between the educational environment and the industry has never been more important for us to reach out to the local community colleges and in two ways, if you like, is I think so important as we move forward, because I think the change will become faster. And therefore, between industry and the educators, it's so important to be in constant dialogue about what's changing. I was hoping you might say things will slow down a little bit and said they're going to happen even faster. <laughs> right. And I think the environment has taught us that and taught us to say, look, how do we think and act differently in the industry? Yeah. See, we're manufacturing products at a site such as this, which are, you know, our true breakthroughs that change patients' lives. And therefore, I think it's important that we keep abreast of what's new and what's evolving, but how to do it better and better. And I think for me, that's a collaboration. That's where it pays dividends. John, it's just amazing to look back now from this perspective and see that rapid scale up that Pfizer did to make it possible to get that vaccine out. It was just an amazing story. I'm going to put a link to some of that in the show notes so people can look at it further. So I just want to thank you for all of Pfizer's efforts on that front. Thank you. I much appreciate it. John, thanks again for joining us today. I was struck by several things. One, that you spend nine to 12 months for a new person coming in to train them to get ready to work on everything. That's a real investment on your side. I thought that was important. And then thinking about this understanding of systems and automated systems as opposed to individual things, but how things work as a system, that struck me as an important aspect as well. So, John, on behalf of our listeners, thank you for your comments today, and we're looking forward to future things coming out of all of these new technologies. Thank you, Michael. Take care. Goodbye, John. Listeners, today you heard John talk about the high-tech, biotech manufacturing environment at Pfizer. And one thing that he discussed was the community of practice that they've created between educators and industry to help anticipate the changes that are coming to the workforce. And one thing that struck me is changes in this area are going to come even faster. And hopefully we can better prepare our students to anticipate those changes. In the show notes, take a look at some of the links on resources for educators, as well as information about vaccine production at Pfizer. Today, I'd like to thank our audio engineer, John Chamberlain. Thank you, John, for the great work you do on producing these podcasts. And I'd also like to acknowledge Ann Claire Anderson, our principal investigator of our project. And thank you, our listeners, for preparing technicians for the future of work. Music